What's up, everybody? Just wanted to remind you to check out the Chill Lover radio app. You can download it on Apple Podcasts and Google Play, and you can listen to streaming music programs and podcasts such as Collateral Cinema or Collateral Gaming. Once again, you can find it on Apple Podcasts or Google Play. So check it out and give Chill Lover Radio some love. And our podcast shout out for this episode is kind of an important one, especially since we're in Pride Month. I want to focus on some LGBT podcasts out there. And this one is pretty decent. That would be the Fry Gay the 13th podcast. They are an excellent horror movie podcast. They provide a queer perspective on horror. And it's very, very interesting. So check them out. You can find them wherever you get your podcasts, and you can also find them on Twitter and Facebook. So, yeah, check out Friday the 13th. And with that, on with the show. I'm Bo Maddox. I'm Robert Ortegon. I'm Ashley Chancellor. I'm Dakota Chancellor. This is Collateral Cinema. Welcome to Collateral Cinema, the only movie podcast that matters, where we focus on good movies, bad movies, and everything else in between in the world of cinema. We're podcasting straight from somewhere in South Texas, and yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast. So whatever you have, be it dabs, be it blunts, be it bongs, be it joints, smoke it if you've got it. And ladies and gentlemen, you're going to need smoke or alcohol or something for this movie, you right? You need to be under for, the influence of something. Yeah, or, you, <laughs> you need to be inebriated or you just need to be a highfalutin cinema snob or horror right. movie snob to really get into this movie. But it, it's a classic. I actually like it. I don't think it's nearly as disturbing as everybody thinks it is, but... We're talking about uh, Pascal Lagier. I, I think that's how you pronounce it. Pascal Lagier's 2008 masterpiece of New French Extremity, Martyrs. I showed this to the guys maybe like a, a couple nights ago. A couple nights ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what are your initial thoughts, everybody? Like, what what mm. do you all think? This what? is fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that, that's, Honestly. Well, that's the obvious. Yeah, I think you, I mean, you kind of taped my eyes open for this one. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I pretty much told everybody, you know, you better put your cell phones away for this because this is, you know, all hands on deck. We got to pay full attention to oh, everything yeah. here. Yeah, and even, even the details that aren't crucial to the plot, just for context. Exactly. I mean, I don't know. I, I had to watch this on tequila. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot to unpack whenever you approach this movie or even try to watch it in any sense i mean it deals with very heavy thematic elements which we will get into here in a little while and martyrs is a french canadian movie but it's usually lumped into the new french extremity film movement which was a movement that started roughly maybe in the late 90s uh, early 2000s out of france and belgium and whatnot it was a movement that usually combined really really graphic sexuality and violence and whatnot and taboo subjects and kind of gave it a little bit of an art house vibe 
I mean, what, what what do y'all think? Have y'all ever seen movies like this before? Like, well, I think this this is kind of really the only one I can think. I mean, it does bring to mind for me Gummo. Yeah, with that uh, the art house feel, like you're saying, and and Martyrs is kind of listed uh, along with movies like Gummo and a Serbian film and Human Centipede, as far Human as centipede. most yeah most <clears throat> disturbing movies and everything. Like shout out to Tom Six, he follows us by the way. But here, this movie to me, when it when you take it into the context of the new French extremity, it's not nearly as violent as some of the other movies that are in that category. Yeah, I know you have more fucked up shit than those. Oh, yeah, I mean, and I have more fucked up shit from this particular uh, movement. Like, for instance, Frontiers, which is a movie about a bunch of uh, French Arab Parisians who I believe they rob a bank or something and they head out of town. And this is when a right-wing populist movement is gaining traction in just one major parliamentary elections and whatnot. And they try to escape, but they end up running into a place that is run by neo-Nazis. And it's a pretty prescient movie, honestly. Is it supposed to be some kind of like a political scare movie? It's a little bit of a political scare movie, and it's kind of ahead of its time as well. It it really kind of anticipated the rise of right-wing extremism in Europe and also here in the United States. It, It was almost like a premonition in a way. You know, especially when you take like Marie Le Pen in uh, France and uh, her movement and everything. It's it's actually a very interesting movie that mirrors some real-life issues that are happening right now. Yeah, I, I could definitely feel, you know, at least as far as Martyrs goes, that there was some kind of motive behind it. I mean, it's not like it was just shock but it's for the for the sake of shock you know yeah i mean and compared to frontiers where i mean the violence is a little more visceral in that movie honestly but it's a little more stylized as well martyrs is also less of a political film compared to that one it doesn't feel political but you can definitely feel like you you can definitely tell there's some sort of semblance of of uh like i said like a motivation it's more of a it's more of a philosophical yeah, kind that's of. that's kind of where I'm going. That, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. It's more of a philosophical take on this type of violent content. Right. There's if, an if undertone you, of something. Yeah, yeah, if you drop all your morals, you know, you have to watch <laughs> this movie and kind of understand it. Yeah, well, I mean, Fr- Frontiers is kind of like that, but I mean, in face of a strict authoritarian power system, more right. or less. I mean, this movie kills off kids. Mercilessly. I mean, not not young young kids, but teenage kids, nonetheless. One of them is like a preteen, at least. I mean, (laughs) she's at least fourteen, I would imagine. You're talking about fourteen, fifteen. No, no, I'm talking about the daughter of the the family that gets annihilated. The the son and the the daughter. Oh yeah. But another notable new French extremity movement film is High Tension. Now we we saw a video not too long ago. It kind of spoiled it for you guys. You haven't seen it, but it's one of those movies that the professional right here, dude. Oh yeah, this we're, whole we're, scene right here. Once again, we're watching the movie and we're and seeing the that was family Natalie, annihilation scene. Natalie Portman and the professional dude. That was great. Look, it, it's kind yeah, it's kind of similar to that, right? That, that's what this whole yeah, invasion that, part looks like, right? Yeah, it actually kind of feels like that uh, whole family annihilation in the professional. Luke Besson, right, right in the beginning. Right? Yeah, Luke Besson's movie. You know, which, by the way, he made The Fifth Element, just so y'all know. Oh, okay. That, that, that was his first movie. That's awesome. Yeah, they, they, they were kind of looking at us like, what the fuck are they talking Who about? What are you talking about? Now they're pouring professional. <laughs> and it, it was Gary Oldman, when, right? When, yeah, when, yeah Gary, Gary Oldman was the cop, and yeah, he was like a yeah. cop. Yeah, for sure. But, I mean, High Tension is more like a slasher movie and a home invasion movie at that. That's another movie where, interestingly, another family gets just completely annihilated. 
Yeah, I saw the the video on that, and and then there's this whole twist. I guess we're not gonna spoil it on here, but it, yeah, it was spoiled yeah. for for me anyway because I'd never seen this before. Honestly, it's a twist that's pretty well known in horror circles by now. Okay. I would imagine. I mean, but just for just for the sake of you know continuity or thing, we'll just go ahead and not say it. Yeah, exactly. Other than that, I feel that it's a very stupid kind of fucking. Well, I don't know. I feel like twist. that that could be meaningful, and that could have some kind yeah, of but undertone. It, you just need to see the movie, bro. It's yeah, I guess of, I need to see it. You, you need to see it in its context, and it's it's a very very violent movie, and it has uh, effects by one of the special effects directors that worked with the Lucio Fulci, who did Zombie and House by the Cemetery, and. Like I mean, he he's very well known for having really really awesome graphic uh, movie kills, and the uh, effects work was really uh, a part of that. And he really brought that to that movie, and it is just bloody, gory, gross. It's an interesting story as well. It's very much about love in a way. Love is blind. Love, love is, blind. is blind. Exactly. <laughs> so blind. Ding ding ding. Yeah, there we go. There's we, our we need we need room. a. Room. We gotta have a bell for these references. What do we have for them, John? Yeah. <laughs> although, although I do not want to have a bell for the Master of Disguise references. <laughs> well, like a boo. How about a want want? You left that yeah, in the wah, rain. Wah. You, you spent six dollars, seven dollars on that thing. Seven American fucking dollars. American human dollars. American yeah. human dollars. Human not dollars. not cryptocurrency. Nope. Not bitcoins. No. Nope. Fucking American human, dollars. Human real life. On what? Not euros, not any, not pesos, not anything. Fucking bullshit. I have pesos. I have, I have uh, like a was it twenty pesos? Pesos are yeah, they're interesting. Which I don't think equivalates to much American money, but you know. But yeah, High Tension is a movie that yeah, like I said, the ending is kind of stupid, but definitely check that one out. It's kind of an important movie as far as the New French Extremity movement is concerned. You know, it 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 really kind of sets the tone for it. It's important, I think, for people, to, at least people to consider them, themselves cinephiles, to see the good yeah. and the bad and everything else in between. Oh, yeah. And New French Extremity definitely has a lot of that. Like, there's a movie called Inside, which once again keeps the theme of home invasions going. But this time, it's a pregnant woman alone on Christmas Eve. Her husband was killed in a car accident. And and basically, this, this other woman starts trying to get into her house, and basically, she wants to take her unborn child like straight out of her goddamn fucking belly wow yeah and it is a batshit insane fucking gore fest of a movie man it's a gore fest like straight up oh shit that sounds fucked up it's a short movie but it's worth seeing because it is just so graphic there's a moment where the you think that the paramedics show up i'm gonna go ahead and spoil it for you guys paramedics show up they you think that all is well, and then this chick just basically comes up with a shotgun and just... Like, I think it was either a paramedic or a cop. Just blows his head off. And the the effect is just priceless. Taking him out of the womb. I think I've, I've seen a case like that where, you know, this chick was meeting this one other lady online for puppies. Yeah. You know? D- no, so yeah. It, it actually turned. It actually ended up being a real-life case. Yeah, But this, saying, this movie came and out before that. She took the baby out of the womb and raised it as her own. It still had the blood on her she, she, when they caught her. <laughs> yeah, seriously. They caught her with the baby. The baby survived, and yeah. so did the the, woman the mother. The, the mother probably died. I don't know. Well, I mean, you killed her, took her out of the womb. Y- you know what game does that? Death Stranding. 
Oh, uh, I sold it. That, yeah. what, what, that's funny. You said Death Stranding because that, that's kind of related to PT. Right. But no, no, no. Wait, I don't know what's in Death Stranding yet, but I know PT does have uh, a fetus. It does. Ripped out of yeah, a wall. That's, that's a murder. There's also that's a the crazy fetus aspect. There's a fetus in the sink. Dude, there's the fetus aspect case, of yeah. Death yeah. Stranding, which yeah. we talked about as yeah, well. Yeah, I guess whatever elements we're going to carry over in Kojima's work on Silent Hills, I guess, kind of came into Death Stranding, right? Right. I think that was what their... their initial plan was especially yeah. with bringing in death stranding as this huge game because now that he's split from konami you know yeah yeah definitely that's right e3 is going on i forgot about that e3 <laughs> is like the newest Shit. thing it just yeah. dropped like a few days but ago. any anywho yeah inside is really really crazy you should definitely check that out and another one of the more notable new fred extremity movies is irreversible this is a movie that is actually filmed in reverse Really? The story really? takes place in reverse. Oh, that's I'm like not, the trailer for uh, Dead Island. Yeah, Dead I'm, Island. And I, so I'm not. Cool. And I'm honestly, this is a movie that's honestly you don't want to spoil it because I mean, there's two scenes that are really, really intense. Especially, I mean, I'll go ahead and say what one of the scenes are. One of the scenes is like an almost ten minute uninterrupted rape scene. And it is Whoa. very, very brutal. To it's all on film, and but it's, in reverse, the sequences of events are in reverse. Oh, okay. I, I, yeah, I had. I was thinking like the no, whole it movie wasn't was the, like, the whole movie is not literally in reverse. Okay, that's it's an just important shown in reverse that's order. What I, thought. I thought it was literally in no, reverse. No, so each scene is shown in reverse order. Right? Yeah, yeah. So they start with the ending scene and they end with the beginning yeah, scene. Yeah, it, it. it it's actually mm. very innovative. Does well, it tell like a new story? Either yeah, way. it it does. It t- it's basically like a rape revenge story told in reverse. What's the name of this movie again? Irreversible. Irreversible. But are the scenes distinct from one another? Very distinct. Okay. Yeah. It's, especially when you get to the end slash beginning of the movie, it, it pretty much it's it's pretty much a happy ending. Right. <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, it, it's it's really crazy, and it, it's directed by Gaspar Noe, who also did Enter the Void. He did Climax, which is a movie that came out recently. That's also very crazy and horrific. And he also did a movie called Love. Like he's he's also very important to the new French extremity, even though he's a French person that was uh, he's a, he was also born in Argentina, okay. Argentina, Argentina, Argentina. Oh, Don't cry for me. Argentina. Speaking of. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of reverse, I saw this joke once, and it was talking about. Have you all seen that movie, 127 Hours, with James Franco? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I saw if you watch that movie in reverse, it was just a joke, but it was like if you watch that movie in reverse, it's a heartwarming story about a man finding a arm, an amputee finding an arm in the desert. Oh, okay. oh yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. But I'm, I'm going to bring up one more movie here, and that movie is by a woman named Catherine Brie, and it's called Anatomy of Hell. And that is a, it's not a brutally violent movie or anything, but it does kind of touch on some pretty taboo topics, especially at the time. It's basically like a, this uh, woman goes to a gay club, goes into the bathroom and tries to commit suicide. And this one dude uh, comes in and saves her. And uh, she pretty much uh, challenges, she says that, you know, all men hate women. And she challenges him to spend the night with her and she's going to prove to him why. And it leads to some very interesting scenes. That's crazy. Yeah, one involving a tampon. Oh God, I, I yeah. don't even want to know about. <laughs> no, you do, but you need to see it. It's fucking great. Good. You have to see it. You and, have and it? I'm, I'm assuming you have. And it. she also made a movie that's on the Criterion Collection called Fat Girl, which is kind of an interesting. It's almost like a coming of age story, but it's pretty graphic with the sexuality, and it ends on a very violent and pessimistic note. But. It's another essential movie that you kind of have to see. 
You know, I mean, other notable directors, of course, Pascal Logier, who did Martyrs. Xavier Yens, he did Frontiers. Alexander Aja, he actually, he he did High Tension, or Hout Tension, as it's called in France. Or isn't it called something else in the UK? Switchblade Romance. Switchblade Romance. Yeah. He actually went on to do the Hills Have Eyes remake. Oh, okay. He directed that. That's actually a movie that's just as disturbing as the original. Like, the original is just as fucked yeah, up. It's now, almost uh, the same thing. I mean, it practically yeah. is. Yeah. And he also did the movie Mirrors, and he did the Piranha remake. Piranha. Oh, man. That was an old yeah. 80s film, right? Yeah. Yeah. He, re- he remade Piranha. And then and Piranha was like in 3D. Remember yeah. That? Piranha 3D. That's yeah. the one that he did. That's the one. Okay. Yeah. Got Christopher uh, Lloyd in there, dude. Sorry. Is uh, La Hire known for anything else? He did a movie called The Tall Man, which is. So not nearly as notable as Martyrs, but supposedly he's working on something that's kind of along the same lines as this now. But, okay, but he hasn't so, done anything else? No, he hasn't really done much of anything else, and that's kind of notable for Xavier Yens as well. He hasn't really done a whole lot of movies. Martyrs is what, 07 or 08? 2008. 2008? Yeah. And also, I mean, recently there was a movie called Raw that came out made by a woman named Julie Deckerneau. That's another interesting movie. I won't get into the plot for time purposes and everything, but definitely check that one out. That's a more recent film, and it's yeah. just as extreme and brutal and also interestingly shot. 
Wow. But this particular movement had an interesting impact on horror. It actually had, a, along with some of the Japanese movies by people like Takashi Miike and whatnot. Hey, Miike. Yeah, it actually oh, had boy. an influence on the torture porn genre filmmaking, like Hostel and Hostel 2 and Saw. Okay. It that's kinda, It kind of had an influence on that type of movie. That's the other comparison I would have drawn is is uh, Takashi Miike. Yeah. With, with, with Martyrs in particular. Yeah, there's some elements that are kind of Miike-esque. I mean, just, I just mean, the whole aspect of just showing things so realistic and also and also some of the ways cruelly. that the cinematography is shown is kind of mike esque it almost brings to mind audition a little bit i was kind of thinking with with the um or ichi the killer kind of that's what i was yeah. thinking ichi the killer yeah, with some of the more crazy. intense scenes that are just like yeah bat shit <laughs> ichi was crazy craziest shit yeah. dude <laughs> i mean its impact on horror cinema is going to be felt for generations i mean without a doubt there's a lot of movies out that kind of one up the new French extremity uh, since then, but you know, I mean, it's not going anywhere. It it definitely influenced some interesting paths in in filmmaking. <coughs> a Serbian film, <coughs> maybe. A Serbian <laughs> film is its own thing, and I don't know if we'll ever fucking do it. It's just uh. the only, the only other thing I can think of that you that is more extreme than what we've been shown here, and I haven't seen it yet, Cannibal is, is Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah, that's, Holocaust, a, Cannibal. That, that's an Italian movie. That's a whole other branch of filmmaking. Right yeah, there. yeah. When was that made? 1976-ish, I wow. would say. 79, wow. maybe? So that, that predates this. That's crazy. There's some crazy shit. I mean... So is that like it's a, a very uh, effective and realistic film. Zombies versus Cannibals 2. Uh-huh. Oh, that was anything, that's that's a zombie holocaust. That's zombie holocaust. What's that other one you have? You have Burial Grounds. Burial Grounds. Dude, that's, that's a great another one. Italian movie. We got to show y'all that movie. That's that's uh, Italian good. extremist. There's just <laughs> Yeah, there, it's, it's just great. There Italian there there's word, some uh, movements that we're going to get into later on and down the line on this podcast, you know, some maybe some right. Argento, some Fulci. We are going to watch that with you guys. But with Martyrs it has a very interesting narrative structure to it. It basically it condenses three types of movie genres, pretty much. First of all, it's it's pretty much a torture and revenge movie at first. Because, you know, Lucy, she wants revenge for the mistreatment that she underwent. Yeah. It's weird how that whole dynamic even switches because at, yeah. at first I don't know, you may call Lucy the protagonist, but then later it's Anna. Lucy, yeah, Lucy's almost like a uh, villain protagonist, almost, kind of. Yeah, well, an, I mean, she does a very horrific thing here, regardless of, of what happens. I mean, she she blows an entire family away. You don't know whether or not to be on her side. The, yeah, the entire time uh, you're watching Lucy commit this mass uh, family murder, you know, you're, you're not even sure if she has the right family, and that's not revealed until later on in the movie. Well, yeah. In the beginning, yeah. you don't even know what's going on. You just the only scene you've seen you've seen so far is this random girl who's been beaten, running away from like a warehouse. That's all you see. Yeah. And then suddenly you see a fa- nice family, and then they're being murdered. And, and you do and you do see flashbacks right. of her time in with the cult and everything. And, and that's what that's what that introductory scene is. She that's comes Lucy. Back. She got away. Yeah, she massacres them. Yeah, and but. Uh, at first, you're not even certain if it's the right family or if she's just crazy. I remember that was a question I asked myself as yeah. I was like, "Well, she's so crazy. Is this even like the right family?" It's like, "What's going on here?" Yeah. 
they almost I think they they definitely want you in doubt because they even try to give you hope with them with the mom trying to get away. Well, I I would argue that doubt is kind of one of the actual themes of this movie. Yeah, because I mean, An- Anna is constantly actually ends up doubting Lucy pretty much throughout the in- her, the entire ordeal. Well, and what's the last line spoken in this? Keep doubting. Keep doubting. Yeah. Exactly. Nobody's, yeah. nobody's coming for you. It's like yeah, I'm and and. and and the structure of the movie kind of plays into that because you're constantly doubting what you're seeing on film. Yeah, right here. I think it has a distinctive three act structure. In fact, um, I think definitely as, as far as got the first act coming up until the point that Lucy kills the family. Yeah, and then after once Lucy's dead is kind of where you yeah. go into the third the, act from the, the second act. Well, I would say that there no there or is when a, the cult shows up. The, the the second act is when we start going into the second genre that this movie kind of throws in there and that's pretty much kind of a supernatural kind of mindfuck movie like or it's kind of an implied supernatural element to it, it is but i think in the end it's all bullshit well no it's it's actually shown to be a manifestation of lucy's guilt but i yeah. mean as far as we know it's some type of demon that is actually haunting her or or the actual ghost of the girl that she uh, left behind when she escaped. I'm thinking Ash you know? was thinking more about like the end with it being. Yeah, I, way, I, I got gotcha. you. Right. Well, the way I the gotcha. spiritualization is in the in the end. Yeah, you may be tempted to be. You may be tempted to believe there's an implication that the uh, the afterlife is is real and that in that it shows a real afterlife. But I I think it's still bullshit. I think this is all well, just. That, we're, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get to the ending of the movie here pretty soon. But I mean, as as far as the middle part of this movie, it's kind of like a supernatural movie, or it's implied that way. You know, I mean, you you are kind of led to believe that maybe the ghost of this girl is kind of goading her into doing this. I mean, that, that that's something that you would probably see in more Japanese movies. Uh, oh yeah, I mean, yeah. The there's grudge. this that the yeah. monster girl, and you are tempted to believe that it's actually supernatural i remember asking myself that question as soon yeah. as the monster showed up okay is this supernatural or is yeah. this a manifestation of she, something is she doing it to herself yeah exactly and well you start to believe that it's real that monster you know especially with anna coming down trying to burst down the door with the bobo coming out but right they yeah they yeah, never yeah. do violate that perspective they and, never do right? and Dude, i, I paid, mom, t- paid attention right to now, that oh my god there's momo <laughs> Bobo. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> shit yeah she does kind of bring up that image right I mean. yeah no kidding <laughs> but it, it goes in from supernatural territory which has its own kind of mind screw elements to it especially when you actually see what this supposed ghost girl is then once the cult comes in, it becomes an entirely different movie. It it, be, it pretty much becomes torture porn by that point, but it's not like the kind of torture porn that we're accustomed to with Saw or with Hostel or anything like that. Right. It's more of just a realistic kind of it's like torture porn. like your victim uh, yeah. in Hostel, really. Well, well, basically, I mean, essentially her torture is that she's just pretty much beaten halfway to death yeah. most of the time. And th- that is really the most basic way that you can break somebody down. First is breaking them down physically by mentally too. And then yeah, first you break them down physically, and then you break them down mentally. And they will break down mentally, mentally because yeah. they lose their sense of individuality and and determination. Um, and, and not only that, but they literally physically get weaker. Yeah, and, and yeah. it's easier to give in. It's it's honestly so surreal just to just to watch an action. Her 
in such a span, short span of time, you see Anna become broken. Obviously, there's some sort of time lapse. It's like yeah. a cool hand Luke. You just break your spirit down. You know, yeah, pretty much. It, it kind of has that element to it. And, and then they cut her hair off, which is another level. I mean, that's that's her losing, you know, the only things that she has, which is her, her self-image, you know? Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, and, and feeding her so little that eventually, you know, her body is just going to wear thin because there's no exercise and, and no... Yeah. The diet is kept probably just minimal enough it, to survive. It, she's literally fed gruel. Gruel. Yeah. Spoon-fed gruel. Anna yeah. and Lucy both. Forcibly. They show that. And and if they don't take it, yeah, they grab them by what little hair they have and spoon it. Yeah, they shove it down her throat See pretty that? much. They were holding her by the nose and then just till we couldn't breathe and open the mouth. Yeah. This is also, th- this scene right here, this is one of the flashback scenes that we're watching. It's pretty much one of the first moments where you kind of get a glimpse of that maybe the uh, woman who is the mom in this family might actually be the torturer. Right, but they also like don't confirm it either. They deliberately yeah. don't confirm they, that. They, they do keep it in the dark. They imply it as much, but they keep right. it in the dark. Because like they, there's so many times when you question that, you're like, well, is it a different person? Well, yeah. I thought they were implying that it was Mademoiselle because she was limping later on. Yeah. I, I, ne- I never got the implication that it was Mademoiselle. No? No. Mm. Maybe that was just me. But at first I did think it was the mom because um, they both have blonde hair. And Mademoiselle yeah. actually has dark hair. So I guess it's definitely not here. I guess I was yeah, just tripping. No, no, no. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, this, this, this is the girl that supposedly is manifesting as Lucy's guilt. Because she had, she had to just bail on her real quick. I mean... It, it it's an act that you don't really blame Lucy for. I mean, what I mean, yeah, what could yeah, she do? You have to escape with your own life. She, too, I mean, she yeah, she was already. Uh, she barely got out with her own life. So yeah, seriously, barely. How is she gonna get her loose? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah she. It, it, it was pretty much circumstantial that she got loose herself. I mean. I mean, that's an element of survivor's guilt, yeah. which is really important. Um, you know, we just talked about that in our episode on The Last of Us. Yes, we did. That movie also deals with survivor's guilt. That game. Or I mean. that game, I should yeah. say. Dude, but that, that game basically is a that's, movie. That's what we keep talking about with the is. game. That was one of their biggest points and our biggest topics in the podcast is that it's like a movie. That's yeah, on uh, yeah, Collateral yeah, yeah. Gaming, by the way, if right. anyone's listening. Uh, Dakota and I run the Collateral Gaming video game podcast. So you got to keep up. Yeah, got to keep up. Watch the gaming and watch the movies. And you understand all of our references. Yeah. (laughs) Now, how do you guys think this movie flows through these different genres throughout its three-act structure? How well do you think they transition between them? How well do you think they condense it? Well, I think with the constant doubting of the viewer when watching the, the the movie, you don't really question. And so that that transition is very seamless because you yourself don't feel a need to even even question the fact that that happens. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, especially with the the mindfuck element yeah. that becomes, I think, the sandwich that holds this movie together. Oh, very much so. I mean, this is a very much a mind screwy type of movie. I yeah. mean, without a doubt. You know, kind of like the aforementioned uh, high tension. Yeah, yeah. I can see that with what I know about high tension anyway. Yeah, it's it's pretty much just as bloody if just a little more stylized film. But I mean, th- this is the violence in this movie is a lot rawer and a lot more realistic and everything. Yeah, yeah, it always has that that sense. It doesn't feel like it's done for shock value. It, it feels like it's just it's just there. Hey, everybody, we're gonna take a break real quick. I just wanted to remind you to download the Podcoin app. 
You can find it on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. And you can earn pod coins by listening to your favorite podcast, like, for instance, Collateral Cinema or Collateral Gaming. And you can use those pod coins to either purchase gift cards from places like Amazon or Starbucks, or you can use it to donate to your favorite charities and make the world a better place. So download the app off of, once again, Apple Podcasts and Google Play, and be sure to check out Collateral Cinema on Podcoin. And with that, back to the show. The characters themselves are very interesting. The, like, pretty much the main characters are, we'll just go ahead and lump the family in as pretty much a character under themselves, the a whole, family that's annihilated. The right. Family. You get a backstory, yeah. too. They kind of talk about themselves a little bit, so you kind of get a feel of what their family is like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and and I kind of lump them together as their own character because, I mean, it's just easier to talk to, about them, more right. or less, because they're, they're pretty much just cannon fodder by that point. Oh, you know, yeah. They, they just exist just for Lucy to come in and just blast them away. Yep. I mean, right. it's, it's your regular fucking white family but in America, right? <laughs> in, At least France, on the surface. In France. Like, it is France. That's true. In, in Europe. Or oh. Canada. I thought it was French-Canadian. Yeah. Could be like Canada. But but in the but in the end, let's not, for, let's not forget that Lucy was right about the family. They were the torturers. They so. were. Or at least the parents were. We don't know exactly yeah. how innocent or guilty the, the children are. Who Who knows? He definitely seems to be shocked when she asks, do you know what your parents did? Yeah. But then shoots him anyway. Yeah. Clint yeah. Eastwood doesn't ask questions. Seriously. I mean, it, it, it's fucking relentless. It's brutal. She is. And that's why you as the viewer aren't sure whether or not to question her actions because yeah. you you really don't even know if she's attributing, if she's appropriating justice. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's deliberately left up in the air for the first maybe the first act of this movie yeah for a while until until you find out that you know right right at the beginning of the third act that it really is all but as far as lucy is concerned the tone for her character is pretty much set within those opening moments right away i mean she she is a victim she is traumatized but unfortunately she uses violence as a way to kind of you know equalize that but it, it doesn't end up doing that. She doesn't gain catharsis from it. She doesn't feel any actual justice there. She's right. She's broken. Yeah, we still see the guilt, the or the, yeah. the imagery of the guilt, yeah. manifestation you know? of yeah, manifestation. Yeah, the, exactly. The, yeah, the guilt keeps Killing. coming back and keeps tormenting her, even after she Killing is Ichi the killer. <laughs> yeah, even even after she has brutally slain this family. I mean, this this being is still coming to her. I mean, at first we we think that it's supernatural and that it really is the ghost of the girl that she ran out on. Right. Well, but I don't know. It's got to be bipolar. I kind of knew the whole time, but yeah. maybe that's just me. Bipolar schizophrenic with meth. That's what I'm thinking. That was my Something first like question that. was like, is, is this in her mind or is this real? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if you, the viewer, are intended to question that or not. Yeah. I guess it, just it's, our feel it's, on movies. It's kind of obscured at first, but right. then- Whenever Lucy actually kills herself, that that's when you actually see what what that manifestation is. That's well, when you actually see it. Or when the the flashback of Lucy, when she sees the woman too. I mean, that kind of confirmed it. And she sees the the woman that she leaves behind. But I I believe that the manifestation of guilt remaining even after she kills the family. I mean, obviously that's very deliberate. Yeah. And and you know, there's some lines earlier on before the big the reveal that indicate that because you know I was paying attention to this in particular because she says things like. 
outwards to the manifestation after she kills each family member. I killed them. You know, you're, it's okay now. It's like, and, and so now hearing those lines earlier and then connecting that later on with the reveal that the manifestation of guilt is uh, inspired by the woman that she left yeah. behind. Well, I mean, as far, more sense. as far as Lucy is concerned, what she's doing is right. I right. mean, she, she, and in the end, she was right. Although I, I don't think that her actions were right in and of themselves. Yeah, they are right. And she's oh, not the only yeah, one to Nicholas suffer. Nicholas Cage would have done that in Angry, angry Driver. Oh, yeah. Drive Angry. Oh, yeah. Or or in Mandy. Yeah. That's pretty much what he That's did in Mandy. That's what Nicholas Cage would have done. Nicholas Cage yeah. would have shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But she's not the only one to suffer hallucinations, right? Because we yeah. also see the other sur- survivor that Anna brings out, who later it's revealed she constantly felt cockroaches on her skin, which is an explanation for her strange behavior. Yeah. And those hallucinations are not shown to us. It's explained after the fact, but then you can connect it. You know, it, that's a, that's an effect of constant torture and, and being broken down is, are these hallucinations that are, are manifestations of some dark part of, of, of the victim's personality. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it, it's mainly her trauma and her guilt that trauma. are manifesting. I That's mean, the word yeah, trauma for. is a major thematic element in this movie as well. Yeah. And and this kind of predates a lot of the current movies in horror that kind of use that as a backbone for their narrative. I mean, th- this kind of predates that a little bit. Yeah. Trapping of. a person inside their own mind. Yeah. Exactly. Until they become batshit crazy. That's yeah. why she can't see. You see that? Yeah. But then with Anna, yeah, though. She, I guess, transcends all of them. We don't see any of that hallucination element, at least not outwardly. We're not sh- we're not shown it. Maybe is what makes her different. As far as Anna is concerned, I mean, for one, she's very much an accessory to Lucy's crime, completely. I mean, she she doesn't condone it. She's not like all in on it or anything. In is fact, it? she's very very shocked that Lucy did this, but. I was never sure if she condoned the actions at first. Yeah. You know, and, and, and then finally, I guess it's shown that, you know, she loves Lucy unconditionally. She's taking care of her. Yeah. And even after she's committed these atrocious acts, she still is trying to help. And, and I wasn't sure if she would or not. Well, I mean, the, the way that Anna actually approaches the situation is very telling. She really just kind of deals with the situation the best she can she doesn't freak out she doesn't freak out on lucy about it she's just handling it yeah and then you later see that caretaking nature uh again when she takes care of of the the other survivor the girl that she found in the basement yeah the one that that sees the cockroaches and that's interesting because that shows you more about anna's personality is that she she does that she's a caretaker yes very much very much so maybe that's also what makes her different it makes her supposedly the one that can transcend does doesn't that also make her an enabler a little bit it does I mean, but in at many the same ways, time, it, what else are you going to do? You know yeah. what I mean? How are you going to handle these people's handle these people? Obviously, her actions they don't have ultimately have a positive outcome. Although in the end, maybe they do. I'm if, not sure there's anything like positivity coming out of the situation well, in this movie. The cult movie, leader kills herself. That yeah. may be the end of the cult. It might be. So maybe, just maybe, all of this is for something. Yeah, it could just be a setback for the cult. Or it could be. I mean, it could all be for nothing because that pervades throughout the film. I think you mentioned it when we were watching it and they throw all the corpses in in the grave, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like it was all for nothing. Yeah, no, all it was for nothing. Yeah, that entire family. It was just an experiment, wasn't it? Yeah, that entire family, Lucy, the girl in the basement, all of that. Just meaningless. Afterlife experiment. Yeah. 
all that torment, all that sadness, and all that fucking pain for nothing. And that's very much what happens when the cult comes in is i mean it's the violence in those scenes are very passionless you know they're not they're they're not meant to have a cathartic effect in any way they're just meant to present that violence just plainly you You're know a lot of passion to show Christ, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, and, 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 and that's something that Pascal Lagier, that's something that he really wanted with this movie. He wanted this, he wanted it to kind of be divisive. So, you know, he, that, that's why he followed the structure that he did. That's why he threw in the narrative conventions that he did. And that, that's why, how, why he directed the actors like he did. I think you're very much right about the whole, uh, uh, the fake family idea. You yeah, know? it's I mean, very look deliberate. At the, look at the house. The house is so plain. It's plain fake. James. It's, it's fake. A fake it's house. A fake yeah. pr- it's like yeah. you can tell it's almost it's prop. It, yeah, very exactly. The walls are plain. When you get down into the basement area, the walls are just plain steel walls down yeah. there. Yeah, you know? I mean, it, it, it's all very sanitized and very Everything. sterile. Very, right. <laughs> it, it almost feels like a lab. Fake exactly. fucking grapefruits. It's like Nuketown, you yeah, know? Exactly. It's, like <laughs> it's 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 a it's pretty much one yeah, ginormous right. laboratory. That's what go. it is. Fake fucking grapefruit. You like, know uh, the interview. Did you, <laughs> you have you noticed Robert that got my reference? There's they could have they really could have taken a, a sexual aspect with this movie and they didn't take that. Did you notice yeah, that? That's, there was, they that, never took that road. That's very, very deliberate as I mean, well. You see, you know, naked, you see tits for a second, but it's not like it's almost not appealing to the eye. Oh you no, know? It's, it's, it's it's fan disservice all the way. I mean right. it's, it's not meant to be sexualized in any way because there there's no sexualization to these women. No. Right, exactly. They're, they're, if I anything, mean, it's desexualization. You yeah, know what I mean? Anna and Lucy, they, they actually share a kiss Jesus together, Christ. but it's ah. it's not a kiss done out of sexual desire or anything. It's more just out of the situation at hand. It's an emotional kind of outburst. It's a way to Yeah, cope. there's no sexual tension. I mean, it does cause you to wonder, okay, is this why Lucy's doing it? Is she in yeah. love with her? Yeah. But, you- but then at the same time... that probably is just an emotional response it it means nothing maybe um I, it's really not plainly Jesus demonstrated Christ. it's not uh illustrated for the viewer i mean it's kind of up to interpretation a lot of this movie is oh certainly yeah certainly you know they just present the the visual and you're left to to pick up the pieces and, and figure out what's going on and make your own interpretation of this but the interpretation at the same time is clear i think it it does at least up to the point of the ending. It's yeah. clear. I, that's what I would say. I mean, the the ending is once again a lot of deliberation here. It's left very vague. Yeah, know? but the the violence in this movie is meant to not be very glamorized. I mean, it's not like Hostile or Saw where it's meant to kind of be like, oh yeah, gorehound shit. That's what I, I mean, noticed. It's not shock value. It's like, yeah, this is just I, realistic depiction. I would, I would argue that high tension has more of a shock value to it than in inside, as we said before. Though The gore effects in those, those are total gorehound movies. Yeah. Like, very much so. But this movie, it's meant to just show realism. Right. And it's violent. It, it's bloody, but not in a way that it's cartoonish or anything and and the actual subject matter it's dark but not to a point like a serbian film where it's just so graphic it just becomes a joke in its own right yeah you know? exactly it just becomes one long you know dead baby joke well right mm-hmm. you see a skinless human at one point oh, you know what i mean God. yeah and, yeah, and, and, and she's just muscle she's fully alive she's transcended she's 
you know, she's already seen what she's seen. Anna whatever is flayed alive at the end. Yeah. Very much. Yeah. She's flayed alive. In a, it's in a very, once again, passionless and scientific manner. It's very like surgical. Even, even the, when they beat her, you can tell it's there's no anger involved. It's 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 surgical, like you said, yeah. the beating of it yeah, of her cli- too it's, during it's her clinical. torture. It's very clinical. Clinical, yeah. And that, that's because this is coming from an organization that's more scientific in its goals and in its means. Some kind of science cult. It's, it's weird, it's right? Pseudo, it's pseudo scientific, though. But yeah, it's because cause it's all a bunch of old white people. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, they're they're trying to make an epistemological fucking uh discovery more it, or less they, i think it definitely has some religious undertones there yeah the, the whole this whole cult and so it's, but even even then those religious elements are very muted because i mean they, they what do they want they want to see the afterlife they right. want to, mm-hmm. and yet even that's in and of itself is a fallacy i mean we watched a video kind of explaining that yeah yeah and, and so like because knowledge of an afterlife isn't going to help the knowledge of the existence of an afterlife isn't going to help them in any way to getting into that afterlife yeah. no matter what the outcome is the your actions won't affect that because either a you've done too much fucked up shit and you're not going to be granted entry b yeah. nobody everybody is granted entry and so it doesn't matter your actions will have no effect on it or or c there is no afterlife and that's yeah. what I think. That's my interpretation, at least. But I mean, there is no afterlife. Yeah, I mean, I, I take the atheist stance on it as well, more or less. But as far as this movie is concerned, I have another theory, which we will get into here in a little bit. Yeah, but we're just, I kind of, th- we're just an afterthought, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's all anybody is. I want to believe in, in the science route for this reason, and and the reason is is that everything else in this movie is debunked the, every other supernatural element and so i, I think yeah. the ending is, is no different but i guess we'll talk about more of that in a second yeah 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 i i really like the realism throughout this movie i mean it it's almost kind of uh, there's this other film movement called mumblecore that came out in the last five or six years or maybe longer and i mean it kind of has a that quality you know like the actual acting and the dialogue it has kind of a natural feel to it more than anything yeah like none of it feels forced. It feels very. It just flows, and I think that's really key to how impactful this movie is, along with the violence and everything. Is that I mean, none of it is sugar coated, but you know, none of it's stylized either. You know, I, I agree. I mean, especially when you're getting to Anna's beating and eventual flaying. I mean, everything is just done in a way where you're not going to get anything really emotional. It's more of an intellectual takeaway that you get from that, from how the violence is presented, you know? Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Un martyr est un être exceptionnel, mademoiselle. Il survit à la souffrance, il survit à la privation de tout. On charge des maux de la terre et il s'abandonne. Il se transcende. Vous comprenez ce mot Il se transfigure. Province de Longsheng, 1912. Cet homme ne croit pas en Dieu. Il a essayé de voler une poule. Elle le paie très cher. Au moment où la photo est prise, elle est encore vivante. Regardez ses yeux. Jouant du sac, 1945. Cette femme est épicière. Elle a couché avec un boche à l'époque. Le français est susceptible et il faut qu'elle paie. 
Elle est vivante. Regardez ses yeux. Hôpital général de Birmingham, 1960. Cette ménagère, athée, sans histoire, est en phase terminale de cancer. La morphine n'a plus d'effet sur elle. Regardez ses yeux. Celle-ci a été battue par son mari. Crise de jalousie, une démence imprévisible. Celle-là vient de passer 9 heures dans la carcasse de sa voiture. Cette jeune leucémie qui vit ses derniers instants. Le mal rentre. Celle-là, atteinte de maladies rares. Ne plus que faire. 9 heures d'agonie avant que les pupilles ne Regardez ses yeux. Toutes, mademoiselle, vous m'entendez Elles étaient toutes vivantes quand la photo a été prise. Et allez me dire après ça que le concept du martyr est une invention des religieux. On a tout essayé, même les enfants. Il se trouve que les femmes sont plus sensibles à la transfiguration. Les femmes jeunes. C'est comme ça, mademoiselle. I mean, especially in the way that the cinematography is used to kind of give the blood a muted quality to it. Like, like Robert, it doesn't have like the really, really bright kind of Evil Dead blood, right? Oh, the light blood? It, where, it's, where it's almost like yeah. going back to the 80s, right? Where it's lighter. Yeah, yeah. And the, like I mean, thinner almost. Yeah. Th- this, is, this is more of a very visceral looking blood. Uh, that's the word I'd use. Yeah. As far as the blood mixture that they used, it's more visceral. Probably a, a darker corn syrup, and not lighter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think that that's pretty close to reality. Yeah, it, it, it's it's not like yeah, it's not like Ichi the Killer, where the blood is very red and very, you know, intentionally very yeah. intentionally comic book like. Yeah. yeah, or or manga like. I mean, this movie has a completely different feel to that, just the gore. Right, and they intentionally went for realism. I mean, that's what we talked about, right? So I assume they would choose a blood that looks legit, you know? And and also the way that the cinematography is is shown. It also kind of, in a way, most all of it is is done in daylight. Uh, Can you use animal blood, too? Isn't that... Yeah, you you can, but it's not really... It's not really. Advisable. Yeah, I know. I can't ask you the vegan yeah. that question, but but, but uh, also <laughs> from from a from a sense of like pathogens and everything, right? It, it, it I guess it just depends. You know, it's better to just use synthetic fake blood, right? Make your own. You blood would say that, Bo. Just make your own stuff. Uh, uh, but would what, say that whatever. Green right <laughs> up on the vegan. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm kind of against animal cruelty too. So right. I, yeah, that's I, I would. That's another conversation for another time. That cut off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's with that's beyond the scope of this episode. Come on now. <laughs> but I mean, I know that you guys haven't really seen a whole lot of extreme cinema, but I mean, in my opinion, this really stands up to like the cream of the crop when it comes to disturbing films. You know, your your solos, your Serbian films, Human Centipede, oh, you know, Necromantic and shit like God, that. Yeah. I mean, I know that you guys probably haven't seen only a few of those. I mean, I know you heard a Serbian film. Aren't yeah, I've heard a Serbian film. Aren't yeah. we doing Necromantic next season? Yeah, we should we should be doing Necromantic. Or did, did that end up being next for something else? I don't remember, honestly. That's in third season, I'm thinking. I, remember I think I think it was proposed, oh, yeah. but I, we next I know it. what we're doing. We're doing Visitor Q in its place. Oh, uh, okay. That's okay. right. Dude, I remember. Yeah. Are we doing uh, Intruder? Because we switched that out. We so switched that out with something. I don't know what we're... We, we should... I don't know what we're going to do revisit with the, the schedule. We're going to revisit our schedule for season three. Like, uh, definitely. Dang, intruders. But, yeah, as far as extreme cinema is concerned, this is definitely one of the more important films from that particular field of cinema. 
which is pretty broad, honestly. There's a lot of movies that could fall under the realm of extreme cinema from all around the world. New French Extremity really kind of upped the ante for that. But yeah, it's definitely a great film when it comes to those types of movies. So, Now, guys, what are your actual theories about the themes or the the symbolism or you know what actually goes on in this movie what what are y'all's theories like what do you think anna said to mademoiselle honestly i think it was just bullshit i think it didn't matter what she said what she said was probably delusional but whatever she said indicated to mademoiselle i think that there is that she blew her head no off no afterlife crazy <laughs> yeah i mean her blowing her head off i mean I in the that, end it can be explained what did she say a few her? different mm. ways like I mean, obviously, we know that one way or the other, it doesn't matter. I mean, shout, shout out to Renegade Cut for that video, by the way. That's what that was, was Renegade Cut. Yeah, that, that was definitely a really, really different way to look at this movie. But I, I think, ultimately, but, the no afterlife option that Renegade Cut presents, I think the way I see this movie seems to be best implied because, yeah. to me, that makes the most sense why she'd just kill herself. But I don't know what, if I'm looking at this from a scientific perspective, I don't know what yeah, Anna would have said that yeah. triggered that. Maybe it was just luck you know what i mean maybe she was just delusional yeah or maybe she hadn't maintained some of her individuality and said something intentionally to to mademoiselle to to go go fuck yourself that's my theory my theory is that she said i saw something i'm not telling you what it is which once again pretty much makes uh, mademoiselle's life work meaningless that's good because that gives an empowerment to the character if that's true it does Especially, um, especially that she was able to transcend and still regain her own consciousness. I, I, I want to say that I, I want to hope that she, she is able to compartmentalize. Yeah. And that, yeah, you know, I think, I think she didn't actually see the afterlife either, but she, well, because there is none, but she, she said that on purpose. Yeah, to, to Mademoiselle to, to force her to, you know, she said what, what she knew would make her kill herself. I yeah. don't know. How about you, Dakota? What do you think? I don't know. This was really trippy. <laughs> it was trippy, <laughs> yeah, but I um, but I I think I agree with Ash here with the idea of the the no afterlife. I can't see why they would hint that there being one in this movie. I think they were trying to push away from the whole spiritualization idea. Oh uh, yeah, I mean once again, it's a very clinical take on the issue. Right. You know, it's and it's not done from a religious perspective. Right. It's, it's well, they're they say screw morals. Clearly, I mean, they'll do anything in this movie. Yeah, and 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 remember, I mean, they specifically choose young women because apparently they're the ones that are most susceptible to martyrdom. Right. Because I mean, they, this is all part of a process that the cult goes through with these women, and they call them martyrs. That's the title. Once again, that's another subversion of religious imagery, right there, because martyrdom is typically seen as a religious sort of or even a political sort of action that's right. directly you know? mentioned too she says yeah. martyrdom doesn't belong to the religious or something along those lines no it doesn't right. belong to the religious you it die can... for the, the the rest of us you know Basically, or as yeah. at the end they define it as witness which is pretty interesting yeah that, well, that's that in in credits that's the literal meaning of the original word right martyr is witness i mean that's that's exactly what it is it, it's it's not coming from the actual religious definition of martyrdom. It's a, coming from that literal definition. Right? Yeah, that definitely. I mean, there might be some religious undertones to the suffering that she goes through, but I find it a little far-fetched to really 
try to apply any type of theory like she's meant to represent Jesus Christ or anything that mm. she's a Christ figure. Because yeah. I mean, obviously she's not. I, I mean, don't. It's not like she died for anyone else, or her no. actions even have any con- consequence. No, her suffering is meaningless. Just one possibly, way or the other, depending Ex- on what happens with the cult. Experimental. Had, yeah. Dying mostly. Yeah. yeah. Definitely experimental. There you go. How about how about you, Robert? What are your thoughts on it? What do you what are your theories here? My theories on this jeez, man. What do you think she told Mademoiselle? To make her blow her, to make her blow her head off, I really have no idea, man. Go blow her head off. That's what she said. She told her to go do it and she did. Yeah. I mean right <laughs> Honestly. Right when she was filleted, what did she see in her eyes? Probably like a star pattern from Men in Black, right? Well, oh yeah. Men in Black, <laughs> yes. Right, well, supposedly when it comes to near death experiences, it's not uncommon to see kind of a light yeah. first. I mean, see, that's like the daylights or that, it's it's yeah. part of the process of death, see, yeah. essentially. I think your mind creates that. I think your mind I believe potentially that potentially could create whatever afterlife some sort of I think, some sort of daylight. I think there's and actual, they mentioned that in the it movie, right? I, I think there's actual scientific evidence that that might be the case. That yeah. there's just a certain hormone that's released upon death that triggers activity at the subconscious levels of your brain. Oh, well, that's right. DMT. Yeah, DMT. Exactly. <laughs> it's DMT. That's what that is. That that's pretty much what it triggers. But I, I think I think your mind can create its own reality because because yeah. reality. What is reality if it's not perception, right? Perception shapes reality because think about it. If a tree falls in a forest and no one's around to hear it, does it create sound? If there exists any reality outside of our perceptions, yeah. what what does it mean? Does it have? Is there a reality? Does that have any meaning? But of course, I mean, the, cl- the clinical approach that Martyrs takes to this is, you know, who cares if it's, it's like there's scientific principles that dictate that sound propagates one way or the other. It's like we just want to find a different way to hear it. Yeah, that's kind. Of, I think that's kind of what they were go. They would go for. Right, and I would say that each person's individual perception would, yeah, create its own reality. Um, and upon death, I, I, you know, I think that that's kind possible. Lucid dreamage, sort of Some, something like that. Right. Yeah. And and if and if you know the timelessness is just an effect of traveling at the speed of light, uh, aka you know special theory of relativity yeah then then you know timelessness maybe could be achieved by the mind i don't know it's it's tangible it's a thing that could happen it is it is <laughs> but i mean ultimately it's like the renegade cut video said the actual ethics and the metaphysics behind the cult's actions they're they're fallacious to begin with i mean nothing yeah. nothing here really would pan out to anything for this cult i mean one way or the other I believe that. And, and and that's why, honestly, that's why I accept Anna telling Mademoiselle to fuck off as an option because, I mean, that's in, in any, it's meaningless anyways. And it's hard to know exactly what this cult is after, but I definitely think pseudoscience is at the bottom of it. I think this is the same kind of nonsense that propagates in anti-vaccine communities and flat earth conspiracies and moon yeah. landing <laughs> hoax conspiracies. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it, it's, it's just these same fucking old white people that... <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, it d- yeah, it always goes back to old white people. Sorry, right? not to offend all the old white people out there. Yeah, but seriously. I mean, come on. We we like we like our our listeners that are old white people. We do, we do, we love you all there, the same. If there are because you know we we're all we're, we're, we're a bunch of white guys. Well, I mean, except for Robert. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Not Robert. No. <laughs> <laughs> what do you identify as, Robert? I don't know. <laughs> he doesn't know. Wow. It just somewhere, doesn't matter. It's be somewhere between Stamos and Richard Greco. There it is. Motherfucker. I think my mom had an affair with both of them at the same time. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> Seriously? Like just a straight threesome? 
Probably. Yeah. Oh, jeez. I, I don't know the you, Did your mom get around like that? I don't, know, a, I don't know. Celebrity circles? I don't know the details, bro. So Jesus Christ. You would have to ask Richard Rico and Stamos. Wow, these are serious <laughs> allegations coming from Collateral Cinema. Wow. This is coming out of my mouth. Don't listen to anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, of course, we're bullshitting. Whatever. We all know. Oh, well, this movie, once again, we'll find a justification with the movie's narrative to, to justify our bullshit like we do every episode. Oh, of but, course. As but of course. I want to say that this movie, you know, it, it itself creates tangents. It, it does. It almost is a tangent in many ways. It's tangential how the movie flows. Exactly. But still seamless. Seamless you know? but tangent. Because, well, a tangent is literally... Uh, a, a line that just touches a circle at w- exactly one point, right? Yeah, yeah. Mathematically speaking. Yeah, exactly. So, so obviously, there's still that point that connects things. So, like I said, it's literally tangential. It's it's um, it's seamless by that one point. Exactly. And a lot of that you can uh, give credit to Pascal Lagier for. I mean, his direction in this movie is just so stunning. Although I think that he used the fade-in, fade-out effect a little too much in the editing process, maybe. A little bit. But it doesn't really detract from the overall structure or the story that the or the message that the movie is trying to convey. I kept in the tale. You know, I, my yeah. mind stayed there, and I wasn't ever detracted by anything. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a movie that doesn't have a whole lot of filler to it. No, everything it, is meaningful. It's like I said, there's all these little details that... You know, like you said, it's not crucial to plot information, but you have to watch this movie and and watch every second of it. You can't pay attention to anything else for a second. Yeah, because yeah. You'll everything is a part of it. Yeah, right. Yeah, you have to pretty much hang off of every word, every scene, every frame. In it's this the context. Movie. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, you have to get that context in order to understand how everything flows. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, like we were mentioning earlier with the manifestation, it was only in you know, Lucy's mind. Yeah. And none of the other people actually ever saw it. And the filmmakers did a jo- good job of showing that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's only the audience and Lucy that sees this creature, right? Or this girl, or whatever. And yet, if that, if you haven't discovered that for yourself already, Anna, it's not directly, deliberately shown that Anna doesn't see the creature either. It's yeah. just cut in such a way that you know what I mean. 
but right. but there are some clues to it. I think definitely throughout yeah. the story. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's deliberately shown to where that can be a reveal for you at a later point. Yeah, and it, and, and you know, in, in the end, it doesn't really take anything away from the actual ending of the movie either. No, it just shows that you know Anna's, or or should I say, Lucy's suffering was ultimately meaningless in so many ways isn't that just a metaphor for life really i mean <laughs> yeah definitely Tell you know what i mean everything it. is is meaningless but at the same time meaningful because everything is a consequence of something else yeah you know uh, i guess butterfly effect you could say and, and in this movie demonstrates literally a, a secret ashton kutcher <laughs> but the, the movie butterfly effect. you've been punked y'all you've been punked we've been punked guys dude Ashton, <laughs> but again, is there is there a butterfly effect? Do our action actions really echo that much? You know, this kind of movie leaves you thinking, wondering. Yeah, everything is a sequence of events. We'll put it that way. But does it have any overall meaning? Neither does the Wonder Years. Neither does Boeing. Yeah, <laughs> you just always wonder. You know? <laughs> God damn it! God damn it, Robert! Just the same look on Ash's face all the time. Every time he takes a photo, <laughs> it's like, what is he wondering? Look, <laughs> oh my goodness! Are you saying? Are you saying that about me? <laughs> I I think so, dude. Okay, motherfucker. Oh. Ha- have you seen your your Facebook stories? You make the exact same pose in every picture. Every single picture. <laughs> every you go like this. He goes, I, "Well, I can't show you guys, but he he tilts his head." And he, and he sticks his yeah, neck it's, out. It's, it's like there, there's a there's That's another. There's have there's, you seen your Instagram? Look at every one of them. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't even yeah. know no selfies anymore. The list. <laughs> there's a reason why I don't post selfies on my shit. There's just a reason. Face. Do you realize I have to take off my glasses to make that good ass? Yeah, but hey, hey, you know do you what? Really understand that there's a reason why I have the most followers. Do you know the difference Shut between the blue oh. steel and magnum? Yeah, I bet you don't. Ooh. Ooh. I'll, t- I'll tell you what. Do you, do you do you post your your shots specifically for artful purposes? No, they're basically yeah. No, you're right. Right? There's an art they're, to it, right? Yeah, it, you know what I mean. It's Rob, photography. Rob, Robert's just like I just I just want to I just want to feel it's, pretty. Um, That's all Bo, I do. Bo, I just have to do feel I pretty. pretty. The views. I guess I don't know. I'm oh, not. A, I'm, not just, a, I'm not. A, I'm not a judge of male prettiness. <laughs> so, so it's hey, basically a I don't headshot. Know. If you want to get it out of the way, yeah, it's a fucking headshot. Okay. You know what, Bo? Sorry. The views of my Instagram <laughs> are more than the views on Collateral Cinema. Oh, is that so? Okay, well, well everybody, how about how about you bring some of that mojo right. onto Collateral all Cinema? Right, yeah, maybe you should post about us once in a while, or maybe you should run the Instagram. Yeah, we'll see about that. Yeah, I'm yeah, not that good. We're at just gonna split off, do our own thing, Dakota and I. Oh, sorry, oh, these motherfuckers. Yeah, I'm taking this solo act. I act else. like I have like a thousand followers. I don't even have a thousand followers yet. I just <laughs> have a decent amount. It's okay. <laughs> Collat- you can, I'm pretty sure we can buy followers and shit. Like yeah. Oh my god. Good advertise. Well, better. Instagram's just a popularity contest. It's kind of right. for the most it's kind part. of pointless. All Dakota needs to do is smile and he'll get like a thousand likes. There you go. It, it doesn't even matter how good you look. People will just like pictures based on if they like that person. He dude, literally told me dude, he likes pictures without even reading the captions. You yeah. What's the pic- point? Dude, he you just post, likes pictures that you see a person likes. posting a picture on Instagram. It says, "Oh, I'm bored." You get like a fucking thousand likes. And then I post <laughs> something that I put like my time what and effort into. Fuck? Yeah, exactly. Nobody, nobody likes it. What the hell? Yeah, is that? right. People just don't want to think when they're on social media. And you're contributing to the problem, Dakota. Or you'll see somebody post pictures all day long, and you're like, okay, do they work? Yeah, that's a problem. That's a a problem. Do they work and have a job? Like, where are you at all the time? All I do is just sit on Instagram and like pictures. I haven't posted in, like, at least, like, six, (laughs) eight months. (laughs) He doesn't even like things he likes. He just likes things because it's it's people. 
Mm-hmm. Man, this is like total fir- first world problems here. <laughs> right? Seriously. There we go. That's, that's funny. Jesus Christ, people. All right. Anyway, let's talk about the scenes from this movie that you guys think is the most disturbing to you. We'll go ahead and start with Ash. What What do you think is a scene that sticks out to you as just really fucked up here? Most disturbing. Um, you know, honestly, I think the end scene sticks most in my mind. Being yeah. flayed alive. Oh. You know, I don't know. I guess that was the most extreme thing that happened. As a, as an honorary mention, I would also say the the family shooting. I mean, just indiscriminate. Doesn't matter if the children knew or not. Doesn't matter if it was the real family or not. They just yeah. Just, uh, that just, beginning moment of a home invasion. Yeah, yeah, pretty much what sold it to me in the beginning. Yeah, and 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 I mean, the only agenda is the slaughter of the family there. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that that's all she's there for. She's not there to steal anything. She's not there for sexual gratification. She's there to kill and kill alone. Yeah. So definitely those those two scenes actually um stick out in my mind the most. Well, I'd have to say it had to be just the, the children dying. Honestly, I, I I'd agree with you there. That was my original thought and you you started to say it, but yeah, <laughs> I know the the children dying, that's something that like I don't know, you don't even see in like other movies. Not very many movies do that. They kill don't Kill children, massacred, and yeah. so I'm not used to seeing yeah. that on screen. So seeing that on screen, it's just like it's crazy, you know. Yeah, you, you should have been here for our Halloween episode. Oh yeah. Oh seriously, our season premiere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that that movie gets into almost like a home invasion vibe sometimes. Yeah, and they do kill a child. I remember. Yeah, they do. They totally kill a child. It's like no fucks given. Which we didn't see before the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Or any other one. <laughs> remember that movie? They had Tommy Doyle and. All of them and everybody. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Robert? What is a, a disturbing scene from this movie that stands out the, the most to you? Most disturbing. Right here. Look at this. Oh, the, you're probably, at the, probably in the beginning, the opening scene where she's running down the street because she's being held captive. Yeah. And that, you're like, what's going on? That just perfectly sets yeah. the tone for the entire movie. That oh, just yeah. buckles you down right into your scenes. Yeah. Like, okay, let's get ready for some shit here. It's yeah. just like, oh, yeah, this girl just went through some shit here. Mm-hmm. It's like, let's see what happens. But yeah. you you brought up the originally because we're wa- literally about to watch the flaying scene and you you just brought that up you said this scene right here which is which was one of my picks right and I mean this scene in and of itself I think it's disturbing particularly because she willingly lets them do this to her she's so broken that she just accepts all of it yeah and, and yeah. that's shown in the scene directly before this you know this at this time she doesn't fight back when the man beats her she eats the gruel without hesitation and then she literally lets them lift her into this machine she's a yeah. shell her. she's a shell of a person she can't exactly do she's yeah she's totally a shell of a person there's nothing left there by that point point. and that makes it even more disturbing that you know not only just the shock value of okay she gets flayed alive but she allowed herself to be and and yeah. puts God. up i mean she's still she's still crying i mean after all the pain that she's been through and now is she's tolerant against this makes her cry out in pain Jesus yeah so i exactly. mean that that just goes to show you so that that's well, why yeah I, it's like a final cry you know I mean, because this is the last time that she's actually fully after this. There's, there's no going back. Yeah, there's, yeah, she, there's pretty much ripping off the vestiges of her humanity. Right, like Dude, tearing I, it off of her. I'd literally. want a, somebody to kill me by now, or just kill myself. Well, remember, she's in a state of euphoria. She's yeah. just like transcendent. She's right. already transcended. Well, and then you know? she's, oh, she's, oh god, conscious long enough to whisper in Mademoiselle's ear, and then after that, she goes catatonic. Yeah, yeah. Is that Ryan Reynolds? And like I, I said, did look like Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> right. I was thinking kinda, the same thing. 
It makes me wonder in that scene in Deadpool if maybe there was some influence from Martyrs on that. Because, oh, yeah. I mean, it does feel like almost a parody of Martyrs in a way. Oh, yeah. Like, like especially the scientific scenes and everything. Like, there's some, there's a, kind of a Pascal Lagier look to it. I see it. I see what you mean. Ah, these sick fucks. Ah, yeah, the seriously. heat lamps, dude. It's like, that's what we put the chicken out on. Yeah, it, you guys? yeah <laughs> in, insult to injury, they put heat lamps on her. God damn. Throw out that jerky. Now, my scene from this movie that I think is most disturbing is something a little more subtle. It's during the family massacre scene. It's that it's after Lucy pretty much killed everybody else but the son and she oh, yeah. confronts him and she says says, Do you know what your parents did? And then he just shakes his head. And just that moment where he's she's just like, fuck. Like and then there's just that scene where the son kinda has a moment of resignation on his on his face. Right. Total resignation. That's yeah. what she I was just, thinking. Then she just blasts him. Just mercilessly. Not not even thinking twice about it. He's 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 pretty much the last person that, that she shoots in that entire sequence. She shoots the daughter. Oh, right. is the daughter the last one? Yeah, daughter is the okay, last yeah, one. the daughter is the last one. But yeah. I mean he's he's the one that to me has the, the most, most emotional impact. Right. Yeah, the only the only one that gives emotional impact. Yeah. The other three were merciless. I mean, she chases the daughter out from underneath the bed and kills her. And, yeah. and that's because she's already hit past the turning point with the son. Right. So at this point, she can confront the daughter mercilessly. But during the son, she has to overcome that hurdle. Real, you know? Yeah. Can I kill someone who, who's innocent? And once she already did, then there's involved? no going back. So might as well continue. Might as well. Yeah. Exactly. At yeah, that point, yeah, she's that, resolved to continue. Yeah, they, yeah that, that's the point where you solidify you know how far she's willing to go so that's completely. why that that scene has kind of that emotional impact yeah that, that that's the scene that disturbs me more than anything i could watch i could watch a person get flayed alive on screen all yeah, day see, this, and this episode, shit oh, but okay, that your mind shit. that that, yeah. that moment right there that that emotional element to it that's what disturbs me yeah you know, he knows gets, he's gonna die and then, and then it's undercut by the overall meaninglessness of all of it you know wow yeah it's un, it's undercut by all of that that's insane, bro. Yeah, it's it's just more impactful when you think about it. C'est qui son merdeur? Revenu, Marie Belfond. C'est dimanche quand même. Et alors, tu te reposes quoi le dimanche, hein? Toute la semaine à l'usine.
But anyway, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. We pretty much gave our final thoughts on this movie pretty much by going through our favorite scenes. But, I mean, just overall, collectively, guys, what do y'all think? That shit fucking crazy, bro. What the hell? I know. And and, and it's like I told the, these guys right here, would you believe that I have crazier shit than this? I know you have crazier stuff. Oh, I have way crazier shit. You guys don't even know. Tap into it. <laughs> I want to show you guys necromantic so badly. Well, uh, I think this movie, it really makes you, you have to think like the, a killer, you know? You think. Very much so. You think like the killer. You but think. Also, you kind of have to think like the cult. You right. Have to be like clinical. Cult. Like a surgeon. Like yeah. A exactly. Like, Remember, one of the yeah. themes of this movie is doubt. You're constantly well, doubting what you're seeing. Right. It, the, you almost like, you, there's no main character to this because yeah. it just changes so often kind of what's going on. It's kind of like just there's a running story and you're following along through it. Yeah. You know, you're just following along the storyline of that house and what's going down that day, few days, you know? Yeah, exactly. And you, you, you first you're in the mind of Lucy and you're like, oh shit, I got to kill this 18 year old kid and this little girl. Yeah. And then later you're Anna who is a victim. And then later you're, you know, you're, Wondering what is that the afterlife, you know, what is Madame, Mademoiselle thinking? Yeah, it's amazing how it goes from point A to point B like that th throughout snap. this movie. Right. Like a Halo ring, Halo 6 going through. Uh, oh, yeah. Scene. Not to mention the family scene. You're in you're <laughs> in a scene with the family in the beginning. Exactly. Yeah, you get you get a little backstory. You see their dynamic. You see how happy they are. It's like, oh, it's a nice, happy, fun French family. And then so I can't believe she just didn't. They didn't have died just off of infection, you know, like I yeah, some wow. of the some of the survivors. Survivors well, they, this, they yeah. you did notice that they uh they had rags, they had sponges. Yeah. And See they would bake they, they, them they Yeah, that's right. They were sponge bather. All those cuts, you can cut one deep enough to fucking to freaking die, dude. Oh yeah. Know? Oh yeah. Shit. I guess they were careful, but they knew, you know, so skilled yeah. surgeons clearly they yeah, were able to fillet right. this person alive and be fine. Exactly. Just torturing them basically with a scalpel. Well, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up. You can find Collateral Cinema on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us wherever else you get your podcasts. Check us out on Chill Lover Radio. Download the app on Apple iTunes Podcast Store, whatever the fuck it's called now. <laughs> Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts or, or, or whatever the app store is. It's, it's the app store. And you can also find them on uh, Google Play as well. And also... Uh, Y'all guys have a, a video or an episode coming out on Last of Us or something like that? Or did that already come out? I released it this, this last Monday. Right, what, what's coming up for Collateral Gaming? Well, our season finale is coming up, actually. So uh, Last of Us is out now. You can go check that out. That's another very realistic, very visceral movie. I mean, game. Sorry, I keep I keep no, calling it. A I movie. know. Yeah, I, I do the same thing. No, I, I, I know. I've noticed that. It, it, it's kind it, of funny. It really is like a movie, man. It it's really a very is. cinematic game. It definitely is. But uh, next time, we're doing uh, Spider-Man. It's the PS4 Spider-Man game that just came out last year. Honestly, another uh, just monumental game. It deserved Game of the Year. And, and just in time for Spider-Man Far From Home. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Yeah, that should, be, that should be right around that time. That'll be perfect. That actually, perfect. It actually will be. And, and we'll go ahead and we'll make that kind of our tribute to Stan Lee. I think, yeah, of course. Yeah. I, wanted, I wanted to kind of wait on that because I knew that was coming up, so... Yeah, it's an awesome year for superheroes. I'll tell you what. I'll it, tell you that much. It has oh, yeah, been for sure. It has been definitely. Yeah, and in in game was fucking tight. In game was totally. tight. Spider Man Far From Home looks lit, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll release our review on uh, or analysis, I should say, on Spider Man uh, or Marvel Spider Man. Did you say lit? I said lit. Totally lit, bro. Oh my god. 
And you can find Collateral Gaming on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and on Chillover Radio as well. Yep, both of our podcasts and, on Podcoin. And yeah, we're both on Podcoin. I believe that there's an ad in the mid-roll, so we'll just go ahead and let that kind of... But yeah, use use Collateral to get 300 Podcoins. Or or for for your podcast, what's the code word? Uh, collateral Pod. Collateral Pod. Capital C, capital P, all one word. Yeah, for sure. Ladies and gentlemen, listeners, check out our Patreon and our Podbean patron page. We would love to start getting a little bit of income coming in for this show. We're, we're about to wrap things up for season two. We're pushing our third season already. Yeah, we're pushing our third season. I said we stuck in there already. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, we're stuck in on this podcast and... Go ahead and give us a little bit of money, and we'll start giving y'all a little something-something to in return. Honestly, yeah. we are incredibly grateful for the response, for all the retweets, for all the downloads, yeah. for the community, and all, especially all the downloads, all of our listeners. Yep. And the only reason we even want more money is to run this podcast to produce more content. Like This is our dream, and we'd love yeah. to do this full-time, and, and then be able to just... You know, give more to the podcast community. More because, projects. Yeah, more projects, more maybe more YouTube programming. Because yeah. that's what this future. is about. It's a, it's kind of a revolution, and I want to be a part of it. And I, I, we all do. I think we all want to get our, our names out there. <laughs> you yeah. Know, like everybody else. Definitely, definitely. So we're, uh, al- we're already doing a pretty good job at it so far. So I, I hope so. Yeah. I hope you guys yeah. really enjoy our content. Well, the next movie that's coming up after this is another movie that Robert brought to the podcast. It, what is it? Fire in the Sky. Fire in the Sky. And then after that will be our season finale, which was pre-recorded. All I have to do is edit it and everything. So, yeah. And that's going to be on The Princess Bride. The Princess Bride. Great, great movie. And it was a good episode as well. Yeah. I may or may not be here for the Fire in the Sky episode, but I we did right pre-record on. Princess Bride, and I'm leaning on that one. Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, also, forewarning, um, depending on, on whenever my baby comes, Collateral Gaming may have to hold off on releasing our season finale. But yeah, I think right. we're going to try to release it on schedule because I may be able to get away with one night. <laughs> right on. To do that, to go ahead and record because I, I, think, I think the schedule is important. But anyway, we're bullshitting. For sure. And also, look for a new indie movie review. We're going to be doing a movie called Chasing Molly. Uh, we were reached out by actually a actor. And the director of the director movie as well. Yeah, she she directed it as well. Nice. And yeah, we're going to be checking that one out. It's called Chasing Molly. That'll be an interesting movie with Kurt Angle and Felicia Day. Oh, yeah. That is like we're probably going to try to get that out before our season finale sometime. And also... Maybe that Child's Play episode is coming out. Yeah. Yeah, we, we made... We made do a little we, strip down. We might uh, have to sneak that one in there. <laughs> yeah, we might do a little strip down at the theater episode. At, at the movie edition. Like yeah, for Child's Play. Go. Yeah. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah. But anyway, with all of that said, I'm Bo Maddox. I'm Robert Ortegon. I'm Ashley Chancellor. And you're watching Disney Channel. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Dakota Chancellor. <laughs> <laughs> and Collateral Cinema is out, everybody. Oh, and watch Martyrs and love this movie. Watch it with your five-year-old kids. Hey, oh, yes. Where's your daddy? Dip.
Lateral Cinema is an L Company production. All music and movie clips are owned by the respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. Please don't sue us. We're poor.